Welcome to RCS. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. We're recording live at uh, Haggerty Garage and Social tonight. It's a nice, quiet evening in. Yeah. As always, we are brought to you by Avance, Carter Motors, Griot's Garage. Always use RCS 10 for 10% off your uh, next order. Haggerty, let's drive together. Salvo Design and York Team. How you been? <laughs> Settled in? <laughs> Ugh, I'll tell you. It's been, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it now. I'm, I'm, it's been a, it's <laughs> grumble, 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 rah, rah, rah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. every, everything is in, uh, stuff is in storage. I figured it out. I actually sold a piece of furniture. My cabinet is going to stay with me for now. Okay. I, it fit in that little nook in the kitchen by literally a half of an inch. Perfect. Yeah. So, well, getting it in there was a little bit interesting because only two of the wheels have casters. So I right. had to put it on like sliders. But that was a, that was a task. So, um, but it's good. Other than that, life has been so busy. It's just like... Yeah. You blink like you and I were laughing. You, you and I had a little meeting this week and I was like, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. And it's like just two ships in the night. So yeah, every once in a while, while really. Yeah, it's just, I yeah. know. No, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we get together for this, which is good. Yeah. yeah. And we have the Avance Off-Road event this weekend, Saturday. It's random. <laughs> oh, it's York. Yeah. yeah. So We'll talk to Ray in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avance Off-Road this Saturday. We should talk about stuff at the end, but I want to make sure people are aware of that, that you don't need to be. Uh, member and you don't need to go off-roading to come join us and come say hi we'll be it'll probably be raining but that'll just make the day more interesting out yeah. of dirt fish and of course we will get a lot of hot dogs in our costco run tomorrow oh yeah that's we, we do need a lot of hot dogs i forgot a lot about of that. hot yeah. dogs are gonna be coming your way tomorrow so we look forward to seeing everybody this saturday and it's a morning just so we're it's a yeah, regular event yeah. just go to avance.com check out the events and you'll see the off-road event for the 19th yeah which will be the day after this that'll be so much fun yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to get out there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, you should pre- if you're going to do some off-roading stuff, I had somebody request this, so I'm going to do it. We've talked about this in many different forums in the Carter Subaru tip of the week. Mm-hmm. Carter Automotive Group, excuse me. That it's, too. It's just Carter Subaru in my head because it's always, it's Subarus, always been it's, Carter Subaru. Yeah, I know. I know. Subaru, yeah. Acura, yeah. Volkswagen. Anyway. Yeah. So somebody asked me about dash cams. I was like, well, we've covered dash cams. I was like, yeah, but like, what about a GoPro? What about using my cell phone on the, on the mount? Like, should I have it outside the car? You know, is there an advantage to one of these? And I said, okay, they're actually very different use cases for each one. One, you don't want a GoPro for your dash cam for a couple of reasons. One, it's going to take up a ton of SD card space. And yes, you can loop it and program it to do that. And it has great resolution, great frame rates. So like, well, why wouldn't you want that? Uh, well, for one, it's not shock sensitive. It's not G sensitive. And dash cams are designed to record in typically no more than five to 10 minute increments. And that's a positive because when it you hit like a, you slam on your brakes or you accelerate really hard or you just manually hit the button, you can mark, save it and prevent overwrite of that file. A GoPro, you would have to literally physically stop, turn it off, make sure the footage is there. Some of them are even voice control now. Where you yeah, can you can voice control it, yeah. a GoPro, yeah, yeah, as well. So, But it's a use case specific device. And as we've gone through this before, you don't get what you pay for in dash cams. The $150 dash cam, the VFO A119 V3, actually performs just as well as the $500 Thinkware. The cloud storage backup solutions that they're offering, where they automatically backup using your cell connection, are nice, but actually really buggy in every test I've seen. Even the five $600 ones don't live up to the hype, unfortunately. Well, and you want a clear video. That's the point of a right. dash cam. Yeah. yeah, and so, again, look for frame rate there. So 60 frames per second versus 30 frames per second. And then resolution doesn't have to be as high as you think it is. 2K or 1440p is typically the, the sweet spot for resolution on a dash cam and a wide field of view. 
So anyway, where, when would you use the GoPro? The GoPro is for great for events like the Avance Off-Road event. When you want to record a full session in really high resolution, you're okay with leaving it outside your vehicle. Again, it's going to get covered in mud at one of these, so you may want to put it inside in the windshield where it can wipe away the mud. Yeah. But it, they can take the abuse for that, and you'll get really high frame rates, like 4K, 120 frames per second, and you're going to make media with it. It's about the best solution out there. Talking about other action cameras, there's still a couple lingering around. The DJI one looks pretty good. GoPro for now, still the best game in the business, especially with their cloud storage deal because those files are massive. They're the one to go to. The reason you don't use your cell phone in a mount is one, if your cell phone, your cell phone can get interrupted. If you, any, <laughs> if a call comes in, especially if somebody FaceTimes you, that'll interrupt your video signal on your phone most of the time, getting for recording. You can change that in settings, but just so you know, it's just not a reliable enough device for a dash cam. Also, we've talked about this before, the st- stability on the, the camera will burn out. If it's constantly, it'll constantly be focusing in and out, in and out, in and out. Did you know you can do that on a motorcycle, Dan? You can. If you're not careful? Yeah. Yeah. Even when it's not in use, you need a vibration vibration dampening mount to run a cell phone and record video from a car mounted. Like, and there's only a couple, a handful of companies do that. Quadlock is the only one we recommend. They specialize in it. But yeah, it's really not an ideal device for track recording. Yes, you can do it, but you shouldn't. It'll work for a while and it's much better on a track, which is a nice smooth surface, but... Eventually, those micro vibrations while your camera's recording, and because like holding it's one thing, going in a track at 150 miles an hour is a whole other thing. Yeah, don't hold your phone. A lot of different vibration when it's mounted there. So, not the, again, not the ideal di- device for that. So, when do you use your phone? When you're recording while standing still and holding it. And yes, other phones can do more, but again, like I said, I, we've seen them burn out firsthand, so don't do that. And I want to add something to this. And even though I didn't know you were going to talk about this, but I created somewhat of an online issue with the, not an issue. So I've been in a lot of the new forums for the Subaru Wilderness. Well, mm-hmm. you have to be very careful where you mount a dash cam in a Subaru because if you have all the new cars have eyesight mm-hmm. and you can't block the eyesight. So you have to be. And I, w- I was asking people if they had done it, and several people had, and, and some had said that they didn't. It didn't matter, which was not true. <laughs> Just so we're if clear. you mount it on the outside, yeah, you can block the sensors. Well, no, but if you mount a dash cam inside next to those sensors, it can be it can be in an area where Subaru doesn't want it and can affect your the uh, the driving situation. Uh, does it affect the radar? Basically, you know. If you go into your owner's manual, they show you a visual picture of where you're supposed to not put stuff in your dash. Because, I mean, hmm. I told you that car will basically drive itself if yeah. I want it to. And so you don't want to put anything in the, in the site, you know. Even where, where I'm, and I'm figuring this out, I've got to order a new, a new sticker for the, the tolls. As far oh, as yeah. le- lodging it up and closer to the mirror so it's not in the way of blocking. Because you don't want anything blocking that or those sensors will be un, uh, unadjusted. Like... I'm even having to look into it in the fact that there's wheels and tires coming from my car. And as you raise the car, you have to have the eyesight adjusted. So, oh, yeah. yeah. They replace your windshield. They got to realign it, too. Yeah. yeah. And so but I'm just saying, be careful. I mean, any systems like that, you want to be careful with where you're putting stuff to make sure you're not blocking cameras. I mean, your car will let you know real quickly. But if you mount something in your car, then all of a sudden. So yeah. I remember that was an issue with the, the good to go passes because some mirrors have photochromic sensors on the back. Now they're usually up high, like toward the top of the windshield. But they used to be like on a few cars right actually in the mirror. They housed it in the mirror housing and it would block it. People wouldn't notice it there. And yeah. then it wouldn't it, it would block it from, uh, I think it was automatic light control in that case that yeah. was blocking but yeah still sounds kind of funny transitioning into our guest today we do have a guest we're welcoming back we're very excited about that the best case for a gopro my favorite use for one is time-lapse footage from a road trip because in time-lapse mode with a constant power support power source you can hardwire USB-C to a new camera you can get you know a thousand mile drive in about 10 minutes and you can get outdoor proof USB-C 
cords, correct? Not officially from GoPro, but... No, but I'm saying from other people as far as... Yes, and I have torture tested mine. Yes. I have literally submerged my camera with one on, forgetting about it. I didn't do it intentionally. I I forgot that it was plugged in, and it still worked just fine. So that's not... I wouldn't say that is it okay. It's not designed to do that, but they do hold up really well. And GoPro has a case that passes... You can pass the cable through that's supposed to like somewhat waterproof it a little... Or water... It's still pretty water resistant, I found. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I like doused okay. it in a river once. Okay. So. <laughs> but yeah. Fair. Speaking of road trips, though, the last time we had Justin Osmer on the show, he did a massive road trip with his RS6 Avant, which we were all, of course, very jealous of. And I'm still jealous of because that is the <laughs> ultimate road trip car. But he's done a lot since then, including help with the launch of Forza 5, uh, Horizon which he 5. He share those things with us last time. Right. Because he was stupid sworn NDAs. to secrecy and had seen things that no other people had seen. Yeah. <laughs> which, you, if you haven't checked out, it is, there's no doubt, it is the best driving simulator game I've ever played, hands down. I mean, it's, there's racing simulators, which Horizon, of course, is not really that compared to Forza itself. But it's the most fun. It's massive open world, like the best cars. They knocked it so far out of the park, there's no competition. I downloaded it this weekend. It's been forever since I've downloaded one. And I realized that, you know, you, you, you click a point and it's, it's going to take you there. I don't think I've ever followed the route. I just drive off the side of the road, literally yeah. in a Bronco, yeah. and just go. And the only problem I've had is when I'm, and cactuses are going up over the hood and then all of a sudden there's a nicely placed rock that you stop <laughs> real quickly. So, But other than that, it's, uh, yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show, Welcome by the way. Well, yeah. Thanks yeah, for having me back, you guys. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me. So, I mean, on that topic, well, last time we were, we were talking about this and you had, I don't think you, had you left Forza yet? Or, or I had ten? just left, yeah. yeah and and mm-hmm. you, you, were, you worked with them and Ford with the Bronco, correct? Yeah, so timeline-wise, the end of 99, December of... of uh, 2019. 2019, yeah. sorry. 19, I was like, that's 19. a long negotiation. <laughs> you knew about the Bronco in 90? Uh, yeah, uh, 2019, <laughs> okay, that would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, COVID, it just changed our, our reference points for yeah, time. Yes. December of that year was my last time at, at Microsoft. Took a year off to uh, basically just take a break and then founded a company in January of 2021 mm-hmm. that uh, is doing marketing consulting in the automotive space. So before I left Forza, we had started the conversations around Horizon 5 and what the cover car was going to be and had met with Ford and seen the Bronco in a clay buck. Oh, wow. And when I was with you guys, obviously couldn't talk about that yet because yeah. the Bronco hadn't even really been announced and the game hadn't been announced, any of that stuff. But that was the last <laughs> project that's come to life since I've left that's super cool to see. So on the cover, there's the AMG uh, Mercedes Concept One, and then in the background is the Bronco. And yeah. so we were out at Dearborn uh, in their design center and saw the two-door, the four-door in clay form, uh, and then in clay form, but then painted and looked like it was sheet metal and was just super cool. Walk through them with the designers, talk about all the things they were trying to do, what their reference points were against the competition and uh, what they were hoping to bring to the market. So it was super cool to see it come to life in the game, but then also to see it in real life on the road now too. So it's just uh, one of those cool moments where you get to see something early and can't talk about it, can't take any pictures of it, but then to see it come to life is uh, is pretty cool. Bronco doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing was we were in the design center and they walked us by some, you know, they're big rooms with like movable walls, right? Like just 
on casters. Was this kind of under, is this kind of like the same place they des- they designed the GT? No, like, it was not in the bunker that okay. we've been in before. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I think we shared that story. I know Alan shared that story with you guys. No, this was in the upstairs design okay. center. Same building, okay. but upstairs design center. And so they quickly shuttled us by this one area that was sort of cordoned off. And all they would tell us was it was Mustang related, and that was the Mach-E. Oh, yeah. So we keep they walking. were working on that <laughs> and working <laughs> no. on the Bronco in that, in that room at the same time. And it, it was just a cool experience. That's so. an awesome experience. Yeah. I mean, to be able to kind of see things ahead of time. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't because there's no way. I, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, and it wouldn't be intentional. I always say, like, I'd be sitting and be like, yeah, just yeah. wait till the Bronco comes out. And somebody like, what? Nothing. I didn't say yeah. nothing. No, Bronco. Exactly. There's no Bronco. There's no Bronco. Yeah, I'm buying a horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so. well, Forza and Turn 10 has had a special relationship with Ford since the Ford GT launch. I'm glad to yeah. see it continue. It was great to see the Bronco out there, and it's more fun to drive it. Probably more fun to drive in the game than on the road currently. So, Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a it lot of fun. always amazes me. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, I mean, you know, the fact that we saw when the, when Koenigsegg was in town with a Jesco and the car, and it was here, and then all of a sudden you see it in the game, and I'm like, hmm, that was in town so they could measure that car. Like, yes. That yeah. is so cool. Like, you yeah, know? yeah so, they, they yeah. drove it over and put it in the top of the parking garage and yeah. did all the measurements and that day that same day you guys saw it was the day we yeah, yeah. Then they came parked it, it here the and yeah so we yeah. unfortunately had to hang out with it and sit in it it was horrible it's a terrible day yeah it was a terrible <laughs> day yeah. so yeah yeah but yeah. no the game the playground team the turn 10 team did an amazing job bringing that next horizon game to market and the, the map is just enormous and the graphics are just incredible so i'm really happy for all of them over there at, so uh, at the studio it's such a fun game yes <laughs> like, yeah, if you're like me and hadn't played a racing game, like really sat down and played one in a long time, this will bring you back. And all yeah. the Horizon games are fun, but this one is just so, it's so big. Yeah. It makes it makes the last Horizon just feel small, which is a, saying a lot, because that was a lot. Yeah. days of full throttle exploring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I quick travel all over the map. It's just too far to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I like to explore just to see no, what's I, there. No, I, I do. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, I, I, I focus on finding those fast travel boards, knocking all of them out so that I can travel for free, and then we're off to the races. But Yeah. <laughs> so. It's, well, and they do such a good job of, you know, the the tracking, too. You know, new roads ex- oh, discovered. That's so much know, fun. Areas discovered. So you yeah. can tick off yep. and try and get as many of those as you can. I remember it, it, it jogged a funny old gamer memory. I was a big World of Warcraft person back in the day when it came out. And I was yeah. the one who just wanted to see where everything was. It was the new, the open world was this new concept. So I would like go around the entire map. I'd, get, I'd be a druid, turn into a flight form. And then finally I could just explore endlessly. And I found myself yeah. doing that again in a game, which is rare for me since, I mean, I, that Skyrim and now of all games, Horizon 5. There you <laughs> which go. Which is a, sort of a weird yeah. concept. Let's take yeah. our first break. When we come back, I want to talk to you more about your what you're doing now with Turn In Point Consulting because uh, you've been busy. We've seen some of your videos. We will share those in this episode notes. If you haven't seen them, we're going to tell you why you should definitely watch them when we come back. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. So, I mean, obviously, you decided to to walk away from um, Forza and and, and on to new adventures. You said you took a year off. Yep. And then uh, you started a new business. Tell us a little bit about that. Started a new business uh, called Turning Point Consulting basically bringing together my passion around the automotive category, around marketing, and around partnerships, 
and just trying to help people out. So doing I had, what you're good at. Yeah. So I <laughs> had that. I had that year off, and I had a number of people that I had worked with at Forza reach out to me and say, hey, "Can you help us with this or that project?" And I was like, "Well, I'm really actually trying to take this year off, but you know, let's stay in touch." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then, I want a vacation. <laughs> yeah. So then made the decision to to fire fire that thing up. Uh, in January of last year, so it's just been just over a year. And uh, first sort of official client was the Peterson Museum, and uh, so you aimed small, stepped in, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> stepped in to help them out with a video. Just you know, it was really more luck on my part because the of COVID, they couldn't travel. Some of their team couldn't travel, and so the team down there reached out to me and said, "Hey, we know you can do stuff on camera. We know you know the." Dirt fish folks, would you mind doing this thing for us for a day? I said, no, no problem. Yeah. So, sure, I'll go yeah. hang out with them, but yeah. I mean, it's going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll come back. We can come back to that in a second. Yeah. But yeah, did, did some work with them. Did a four month stint at Motor Trend, which was really interesting. You know, working remote, so I didn't I didn't have to move down to LA, but got to help them with their advertising and partnership platform, which was super interesting. Uh, did some work for Petrolicious. Uh, with their partnerships, and then now working, doing some work with Gridlife, which is uh, basically an amateur racing sanctioning body that puts on real-life horizon events. Um, they do two big festivals a year with music and Time Attack and Autocross and all of that. They're Sweet. based in the Midwest. That's where they have sort of their stronghold, but they're, they're trying to expand. And then they run you know, dozens of other events around the country. And they have an esports element as well. So they brought me in to help them talk about that and figure out what, what they can do with that. Uh, they've had some success with it. So uh, super cool. We'll definitely check out Good Life on YouTube if you haven't seen it or are unfamiliar with it. It's um, a really great form of racing and really good way for people to get started in the sport. Interesting. Um, and so where are they based out of again? They're based in Chicago. Chicago, okay. Um, so, but they've got, um, you know, races and events kind of sprinkled all over the, certainly the Midwest, but, you know, they've got some, some tentacles reaching further out from there. How so. long have they been around? Uh, they've been around uh, officially for probably just over eight years or so, okay. seven or eight years. Um, I remember hearing about it, but I think it was in passing, so I, did, I wasn't yeah. too sure what it was. Yeah. So. so Grid Life. Grid Life. Okay. So give them give them a shout. Um, check them out. But yeah. So and and then working on some other little startups and other things that I uh, can't talk about. But maybe I'll see you again. I'm talk Why about do you it always later. do that to us? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. But, I like uh, the teasers, though. You're always doing something cool. But it's it's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. It's been it's been a good a good experience uh, being out on my own. Um, definitely missed the team back at turn 10, but it's been a good, uh, good run so far hitting, hitting year two now. So, and then finally the, the Peterson project came to be. So when I, I think it was last year, we had just shot it like the week before, um, and, uh, met Carl out there and he said, Oh, you got to come and tell the guys, you know, and I said, well, I can't say a lot, but I'm happy to come. <laughs> I don't know anything. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So had a great opportunity to, to be with Steve Rimmer and his awesome collection of rally cars out at Dirtfish. Uh, Peterson was basically piloting this new show called Global Garages, where they're going around and looking at collections. And it, they were trying to make it more than just a look at all the car collection show. They wanted to get to know the individual that owned the cars and how it came to be, and then talk more about you know seeing the cars in motion and, and using the cars. And so they, they'd done four or five episodes sort of around the country. 
and got put in touch with with Steve and the folks at Dirtfish and said, yeah, we'd love to come do one with you. As I mentioned, their their staff couldn't travel because of COVID, so I stepped in and was happy to kind of host that episode for them. And they got so much content, they turned it into a two-part episode. So there's part one and part two. Basically, part one is us kind of drooling all over the cars, and then part two is them driving the cars out on the course. Steve's kids come out. They're part of it, too, which is really great. Uh, his daughter and his, uh, and his son um, are both driving Yeah, we had her on the show. So, yeah. yeah, she's a hoot. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a hoot. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was gr- great fun. And, and as Steve says in the video, it was one of the first times he's had all those cars in one place at one time, which was amazing to me. Um, but just to see that's that a good problem to have. Like, yeah, I didn't have yeah. ever had all my cars together. Yeah, yeah. For but listeners I, who haven't seen Dirtfish, there's a giant. It's it's based on old warehouser property, and there's a giant, massive barn. It, yeah. That's an understatement. It's basically a warehouse. Well, it's the play. They call it the planer building because that's where they actually plane the wood down. Yeah, so like they an have entire tree. Huge, yeah, yeah, gigantic building. And so it's it looks awesome because it looks like a something straight out of Horizon. Honestly, yeah. like it could be. I think Dirtfish is in. Uh, it's, it's in one of the uh, forces, isn't it? No, no, it's no, unfortunately uh, not. It's in another game. Anyway, um, but yeah, it, it would make the perfect. The co- I think it's in the dirt. One of the dirt series. Dirt series games. games yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's the perfect course. So you look out there and you just get that feel of like, yeah, I want to drive this. And you can drift through that barn. I mean, yeah, yeah so. exactly. Well, when the Grally Cross guys were here, they do. a number of years ago. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Was a straightaway, oh, yeah. they'd rip through there and come back around. Now, did they? Is that the same series with with Peterson that, that Peter Gleason did? No, no, a little bit different. That was yeah. a different, a okay. bit different. I forget okay. the title of that one, but a I mean, little, he did the kind of the same, he, he, he did it on his thing. own. But yeah, yeah. And that yeah. one, that yeah. one was basically they just told him what to do, yeah. and I think they even sent him a camera. Yeah, they sent him an Osmo, and he walked yeah. around with it, which was it's yeah. great, it was great to watch. But I didn't know if that was part so, of that same series. But yeah, yeah, so. a little bit different series. Basically, yeah. they're just trying to throw a lot of content up and see what sticks. And so they spent, you know, we shot that. They they shot the other ones, and then they basically spent last year sort of selling it to different streaming services and different platforms. And I don't think anyone bit, so they just threw them up on, on YouTube. So it's, it's still automotive joy watching those things. I mean, it's a fantastic series. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved what I saw. Yeah. It was just, it's fun. And you know, if you don't know Steve Rimmer of Dirtfish, he's just a really great guy. And the guy oh, you see on, the, on the camera is the guy you see in person. Just super nice, easy to talk to, loves cars, loves yeah. people who love cars. Like just yeah. can't say enough good things about Dirtfish up there. Yeah. Well, and anybody in the Northwest that's been to a car event has probably seen one or two of his cars at some point. Right. But to yeah. see them all together is a bit mind blowing. <laughs> You've also probably stood next to him and never realized it. Yes. <laughs> he's yeah. so too. humble and quiet. Yes. And it's like, yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Are you going to be doing more of that for Peterson or other, I mean, I would hope be all so. over. So. I, I would, I would hope so. Uh, we're, you know, we're still in touch and um, you know, I love the team down there and I love the LeMay as well, but the Peterson is just kind of one notch up above. If you haven't been down to the Peterson in, in Los Angeles, definitely worth a visit on any sort of family vacation, take an afternoon and head over there. Cause it's a pretty spectacular space. Yeah, they've got that big supercar, hypercar d- uh, display right now. Yeah. A ton of stuff down there. I mean, some cars from around the world, they're just incredible. So, yeah. yeah. And and back real quick to Horizon, too. Yeah. In the game launch, they had some of the cars in-game on display there, too, which was kind of fun. So they had the, the racing Bronco and a few other cars. So it's kind of cool. I love that racing Bronco. I yeah. put more miles on that car. Yeah. Like, it's just so, and not only that, but I have it in the Lego form too. So because oh, Lego made go. one, so yep. yeah. that's perfect, right? Yeah. That's so so yeah, better. so Peterson's 
great. Hopefully doing some more stuff with them. Always in touch with them. So we'll kind of see what happens. Cool. So, yeah. So tell me about your your road trip. And we talked about your road trip yeah. last time, but you brought us a physical map this time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when I was with you last time, we were talking about doing it. And a good friend of mine, Charlie from college, loves a good road trip. Uh, and so we had talked about well, where should we go? What should we do? It was when I had ordered the car originally and was going to get it in August and we were going to take it and hit the road right away. Car got delayed to December, pandemic, so on and so forth. So we kind of basically pushed things a year. And for those of and us that the, haven't heard the, the first episode, which we have, it's, it is a 2022 or 21? Uh, it is a model year 21. 21 Audi R- RS6, RS6 Avant, Avant, which is... Yeah. The ultimate road trip car. Yeah, it's the ultimate yeah. road trip car. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. Right. It, it's great. It was, uh, it was amazing. Um, and so we uh, basically said, well, what, what more famous road is route than Route 66? And we both love that sort of Americana, but then also sort of the, you know, the abandoned buildings and the open roads and the, you know, so we're like, oh, get some cool pictures and, you know, it'd just be fun. So decide, just map that out and then, you know, my wife said, so are you going to like fly out there and then drive or what? And went, fly out? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, a it's a road trip. It's a road trip. We're so going we on a road trip. The, yeah. So we did the triangle, basically Seattle to Chicago, Chicago to Santa Monica, which is the route. And then Santa Monica, Seattle, uh, did 11 days, 5,600 miles. Um, averaged, I think our daily average mileage was like 505 or something like that. Um, <clears throat> We were not cannonballing it. We were not, you know, trying to break any speed records intentionally. It was just more just enjoy the time. And it was one of those things where if we saw something cool, we'd double back and go get a picture or go take a look. We had some guidebooks that gave us a rough idea of some stuff we definitely knew we wanted to see and definitely places we wanted to stop. Um, But, yeah, once we got to Chicago, which was the official start point of the route, just headed out and had a, a tremendous time. I want to talk through this a little bit, but when yeah. you and I were talking, and we're gonna, I'm, we're, we'll take a good picture of the map to kind of show people, and then some of the other, the the state by state maps. But I want to talk yeah. about Kansas and 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 it's the way it's part it, yes. it's in in the Route 66. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Kansas story is kind of fascinating. So when they originally were designing the route back in the the 20s, all the states basically had to advocate to be a part of it, <clears throat> and those who were sort of forward thinking realized, <clears throat> excuse me, that this would be a huge opportunity, a boon for tourism. It'd be a boon for just, you know, everything for them as a community. So Kansas was lobbying super hard. Their, their secretary of transportation or whoever it was at the time, you must come through Kansas. We're going to throw a lot into this, you know. So, so as you're coming down <clears throat> the route, Kansas is just a little hook in the corner of the state. 13 miles long is it. But those 13 miles, I was telling you before we got on air, <clears throat> tremendous. Like the roads got pavement painted, you know, Route 66 painted on the, on the road. In they've Kansas of all flags. places. Yeah. yeah, they've got flags on the light posts. I mean, you immediately know, A, you're in Kansas and it's Route 66. Like they just <laughs> celebrate. It's like almost like cannons going off when you, as soon as you pull in. And then they've got the, a little display where uh, the inspiration for Tomator from the famous Cars <laughs> Pixar movie is. Yep. And then as well as a gas station that also was uh, one of the things that Pixar picked off. Um, I, I didn't realize, so I was looking at your maps, especially the state maps, like how much 
cars was influenced. I mean, oh. I, we, I knew it was influenced it's, by Route 66, yeah. but you, I mean, some of these, the, the state maps, which I, again, we'll take a photo <laughs> of. It's, it's just incredible. The landmarks and things that they just took and went, yep, here we go. Yeah. Like Arizona teepees. Yep, there we yeah. go. Yeah. 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 The it, town, Radiator Springs, great. is based off Peach Springs. Yes. Yeah. 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 Vaguely. And then everything else shoved into it. It's like all the <laughs> yeah. best of Route 66 is put into Radiator Springs mm-hmm. yeah. in the town. Peach Springs isn't much to look at this day, but it's still pretty cool to drive yeah. through. Yeah. They did an amazing job. But yeah, Kansas was, uh, was a ton of fun. We, we rolled up on a, a hot rod show just out of the blue you know it was like an hour it's before 66. sunset that, yeah. that, i mean come yeah. on that, no, aren't those great. everywhere <laughs> and there was a texaco station that was just been renovated so they're doing a photo shoot in front of that and then all these cars and this one car um flames shooting out of the hood and you know the whole thing it was just it was just tremendous so that was just a, a great uh, a great moment uh along the route uh another one to call out and i brought my cheat notes with me so i wouldn't forget to tell you guys some of these things you're on um, a podcast they can't tell you about cheat notes just just act I like know, you remember just, it. i just remember all of this <laughs> yeah uh, the, the the other highlight would be uh eric oklahoma okay. and if you do a search for this online you can you can read a little bit about it and see some of these videos but the sand hill curiosity shop there's a guy named Harley that runs this curiosity shop where everything in the shop is not for sale, but the things you see in there will blow your mind. Just old signs and just, it's just filled with all this stuff. So it's a shop you can't shop in, but you're welcome to come in and and view. Okay. That's right. And his shtick was with his wife, they would entertain these tour buses that would come through. So they would do musical acts and basically lived off tips. Oh, so this is something that was there since the, the origin of 66. Well, I think they created this in the, in the 80s. Okay. Um, but this town, Eric, Oklahoma, is on the route. And this, this one building is kind of the only thing in town. It's 839 people. So, I just looked it up. Oh, okay. It's population. So it's, it's booming. It's crazy. Yeah. You could film tremors um, there. Yeah. But <laughs> we rolled up, and it's one of those super photogenic spots, too, where it's got a bunch of cool old signs on the outside of the building and the whole thing. So we rolled up, and uh, it was one of those guidebook things where we're like, yeah, let's check this place out. Here's some music. We're like, oh, this is cool. He's got the music blaring. You know, we'll go in. Go in, find out it's not music being played he's playing the guitar with like a wall of speakers behind him and he's just in the middle of the room jamming playing the guitar and uh older guy uh surviving what we could tell his three food groups were jim beam marijuana and cigarettes because there were huge Jim Beam bottles plants, all over. You got uh, liquid. Huge ashtrays all over the yeah, place. Exactly. Oh, man. There's Cheetos in there somewhere. Still, there must be. <laughs> yeah. But crazy. And so he just starts, you could tell he was enjoying life um, and started telling us some crazy stories. Definitely wanted us to tip him. So we you know, ran back to the car a couple times to throw some money in the tip jar. Uh, and then he was just telling us these great stories about how in the in the day these big tour buses roll through since COVID's hit, no one's coming through. Um, but he and his wife would put on these huge elaborate shows, and and they he showed us some pictures of basically wood, wooden chairs in the middle of the room with you know everybody shaking tambourines and getting into it together and. Just this hoot and that holler. That sounds and, amazing. Just so yeah. like, oh, he said, yeah. it, it looked amazing. And, and he said the foreign travelers were the ones that were the most generous with the tips, of course. Mm-hmm. And he 
mentioned that a few times to us, and we were like, oh, okay. Hint, 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 yeah, hint, hint. Another, right, You're in a foreign car, dollars. sir. Yes, hint, right. hint. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. But that was, a, that was a fascinating sort of trippy experience um, for sure. And I put uh, all, I tried to chronicle the trip best I could on, on Instagram stories. So it's all still up there on my father flywheel on Instagram. Yep. Um, if you want to see some of these photos, um, there's, there's just a ton there. So we, that was a great spot, great photo spot. What's, um, what's the weirdest thing you saw on the roof? Yeah. Well, that was it's certainly meeting was that Harley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meeting Harley was currently certainly one of the, the weirdest uh, moments um, for sure. <laughs> I took that back way out of Moab um, into Colorado, like mm-hmm. all off road. And I came into this small town right outside of Grand Junction. It's not Grand Junction. It's before you get into Grand Junction, before you get into Colorado, Colorado National Monument Park. There's this one little like general store is this like hills have eyes banjos kind of thing no it oh. was just weird <laughs> okay. like we pulled up and the, like you know they've got ice cream and standard little general store from the middle of nowhere right and they had this picture of this rooster which was really cool we're like oh, that's a cool picture of a rooster and they're like yeah he passed away <laughs> and it was like we touched on a sore spot by talking about the rooster <laughs> how Da-da. dare you talk about my rooster sir that's just you we're know. like oh we're sorry to hear that like Five years ago, this rooster passed away, <laughs> and it was apparently like the staple of this general store was their pet rooster, which just well, walked If around. they had a photo of it, it, it meant something to them. Yeah, obviously. they were just so, like, yeah. oh, that's, that's just a cool picture of a rooster, and apparently local artists have, they sell pictures of this rooster. We oh, bought one. And okay. It, it, I love small towns for stuff like that. Sure. It, what's, it's, what makes them worth going to is the fun stuff you run into, where it's like, we're very sentimental about our rooster. Cool. Yeah. Some of our <laughs> best stories from Seamont have been small little towns, I mean, like car washes Absolutely. and stuff like that. It's the best part, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's. I'm just, just sort of flipping through. There, there are a ton of really interesting spots for sure. Um, where there was one uh, in Arizona called Two Guns. Uh, was very Arizona the name, name. Of the city, um, and it's a, a basically now an abandoned. What used to we be. We used a, to have one gun, and then we got another one. <laughs> <laughs> Rename the town quickly. Right. <laughs> basically, is uh, it used to be a zoo. Like a roadside zoo. Okay. So there's all these, you know, the original Tiger King. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rock formations that are basically the old buildings and it's just crazy. And then there's abandoned gas stations that have turned into graffiti art. And, um, you know, it's one of the more popular photo photo spots for people to go. Um, I'd say that the Cadillac Ranch, of course, was kind of cool to see that. Um, it was one of those funny things where that's one where they're the buried pictures. nose down, right? Yeah, that's yep. okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, just in a cornfield. Yeah, and it's funny because you see some of the photos, you're like, "Oh, it's kind of cool. Looks like Cadillacs, you know." But then seeing it in person, they don't at all look like cars anymore because they've taken doors and hoods and stuff are all off them now. Yeah. But there's also so much spray paint on them that it's just thick with paint. Yeah. Super thick. It's just crazy, kind of drippy, just running off. And the, but they've embraced it. There was a there was a trailer selling paint as you walked up. Yep. So of course we had to buy some paint and did you know? Yeah. But we got there right at sunset, and that was kind of cool. Uh, get some photos. So, you know, we did our best every time we hit to you know hit the curio shop and buy a little something. Definitely gassed up everywhere we went. Got a lot of good lunches and meals along the way. Most of the hotels, we didn't stay in sort of the kitschy Route 66 hotels because we're snobs and needed a gym and Don't want wanted bed our, bugs. didn't want bed bugs, wanted our Marriott <laughs> points, you know, so we... Hoity-toity Audi owners. Yeah, so, right. so, so we did hit a few court, sorry, uh, courtyard Marriott's uh, for our overnights, but all these little small towns basically bypassed by the highway, yep. 
you know, some of them are, are really trying to embrace their roots and trying to keep things going. And others, you can clearly tell they've sort of given up and thrown in the towel as things are just completely abandoned. This would be a good um, story for a, like but, an animated movie. Like, you know, it gets surpassed. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Write right? that down. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, then there's a lot of times where the route is basically just like a frontage road to the highway. So, yeah. you know, you're right, next, right to next to it. And so we would just jump off and mm-hmm. go on the on that and go a little faster and have a little more fun. And and then, you know, I was telling you sort of a highlight, too, would would definitely be Sit Greaves Pass. Have you been there? Which one? Dan, Sit Greaves Pass. Where's so that? it's the uh, basically at the border of Arizona, California. Oh, yeah, yeah. Many times, yes. Yeah. yeah. That just is yeah. I knew you'd one of the most yeah. amazing <laughs> roads I've ever been on. Up. And it's the original Route 66 yeah. route. Uh, that just winds up. It's sort of a lane and a half wide, and you kind of go through a basically a neighborhood, and then the next thing you know, you're in a mountain pass, and then you get up over it, and the view just opens up. And we got there like an hour before sunset, and uh, my buddy Charlie whipped out his drone and got some footage. And you know, you guys were talking about uh, cameras during your tip there. We we had intentions of putting the GoPro on and doing a bunch of that but once we got going we kind of forgot about it yeah no I, it's, it's just, so easy to forget know, about i have to make a point to do it now yeah. and like i hardwired yeah. it on the raptor it's actually stuck to the bumper and then i have a USB-C hardwire so that because i'll forget it if i don't and yeah. now i can just remote That's it and really turn it smart. on but it's like it was a process to make me remember yeah. i think i have a photo of my gtr on that pass actually from the first time i hit it yeah and yeah that was it was incredible how was the police presence on Highway Route 66? Well, it, you know, interesting you asked that. So I did invest in a, uh, a detector yeah. uh, before we left. And that was more, again, we weren't trying to cannonball ourselves, but we just for protection. Yeah, you got to have fun. And uh, I just, I'm imagining the classic old school cop sitting behind the sign, yeah. sleeping, eating a sandwich. Kind yes. Of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, didn't see any. Oh. Um, we, the... Uh, Detector, I think, went off twice on the trip and saved us both times. Um, and one of those was just on our way over to Chicago. And then another was, I forget what state we were in. might have been Kansas. Um, just at night. So there were a couple spots where we kind of did a push at night and drove a couple hours in the dark and kind of missed some stuff just to get to our next destination mm-hmm. um but yeah the small town sheriff didn't see a lot of those but a lot of cars you know sheriffs <laughs> with the eyeballs in the windows and yeah. the, you know as display vehicles but not a lot of presence um and then a lot of the small towns you roll into they're just thrilled to see you you know they just are so excited that you're there the first sort of stop we made and just outside of chicago was one of the more famous um garages that have been renovated and there were these four guys just sitting there in rockers. <laughs> and I rolled up and they're like, what's that thing? You know? yeah. And so we had to tell them about the car. But then they were just telling us all these great stories. And I go, like, oh, we love it. And then one guy said, yeah, we're volunteers. We're only supposed to volunteer for four hours. But I find myself sitting here for eight hours because I just love meeting all you people. And they're just hanging out, you know, retired guys hanging out. Meeting that sounds all these like a wonderful retirement. Guys. Yeah. 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 And they have these great stories. And, you know, so we throw some money in the tip jar and get some pictures and move to the next spot. But they're just... They're just thrilled to see you. So pulling off for an ice cream cone or, or grabbing a quick sticker to throw on the garage sticker display, you know, it's definitely worth it. Stickers and magnets? Yeah. Yep. 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 That's <laughs> my tradition as well. Like, yeah. I, I love the small town stuff. And that's generally been our experience in every trip we've taken. We always have a hard and fast and very, very firm rule. It's my number one rule in every rally is that we, we never speed into small towns. 
under no circumstances, you see that speed limit sign, you're going the speed limit into a small town. We yeah. are never there to cause trouble. Obviously, we have some canyons and back roads to go through, and we have a good time. Won't won't BS anyone and say we don't because we're enthusiasts. Yeah. But when it comes to small towns, a good rule in general, as long as you don't speed in, they're always happy to see you. And that's always been our experience, no matter yeah. who's with us, no matter what race or anything you are. They're it's just, easy to find people you are in nice. a small town. You pull in with a bunch yeah. of exotic yeah. cars. People are like, yeah, it was you. Oh, no, it wasn't us. Yeah, we yeah. travel yeah. with the – I've heard that from – I'm speaking to our much larger audience. I've heard that from people that diversity is something they worry about as they travel the U.S. And we have traveled with a very diverse crowd in our rallies. Mm-hmm. Our friend group is very diverse, and it has never been a problem. Yeah. And so I'm sure it's out there. I'm not denying that. But in general, traveling the U.S. by car is a fantastic experience for everybody. Oh, it's it's so one of the best ways to see the country. It's so great. And and it was funny when we pulled into that first stop uh, in Dwight, Illinois, at the Texaco, um, the guys thought we were crazy because they saw the license plate from Washington. They're like, you guys came from Washington? We're like, oh, yeah, we just drove across. And yeah. Like, oh, Woke up guys, this morning and decided to do this. Yeah, <laughs> then we told them how, how much time we had allotted to do it. And they're like, you guys are crazy. Think you're going to, you know, like, well, we're not going to see every single thing. Right. You know, I think if you, if we were to do it again, or if we had wanted to see every single thing, you could have easily doubled the amount of time. Um, but we, you know, we did it 11 days, uh, shave off three of those days to get there. You know, I think it was plenty of time. We saw kind of the stuff yeah. we wanted to see. We met some really interesting people, saw some great, cool, small towns, got some great photos of some stuff. There are a couple of hot spots I think we'd go back to and spend a little bit more time in, like Grease Pass, for example. I'd do that three or four times, maybe. <laughs> oh, man, there's some I think places. I left something back there. Yeah. I gotta go back, yeah. There's yeah. some places I could send so. you that you will want to move to just to drive the roads. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of an yeah. app called Here Here? No. So it's H-E-A-R-H-E-R-E. And okay. what it does is it tracks you. You put it on your phone, it tracks your location, and they give you like a, usually about one to five minute clip Mm-hmm. And when you pull into certain locations, if there's an interesting fact, it'll play it like a podcast. And if you're doing a really long road trip, oh, that's it just, cool. It even works really well locally. And it's it's a the subscription's a little high for me, if I'm being honest. But if I was doing a road trip, I might do like a month mm-hmm. just so I could pull something up. And mm. even if you're driving in the middle of nowhere, it's actually pretty interesting because yeah. you'd be surprised what happened where you are, especially when you're going to places like the Dakotas or something where yeah. that's where you went. <laughs> yeah, you don't know flyover states until you've driven through South Dakota. But yeah, they exist. They're flyover states for a reason. But once there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened there, and so it's a cool app to check out if anybody's doing a road trip. Yeah, um, I was gonna say one of the I'm working on it right now. I have if you ever use Google My Maps, not Google Maps, Google My Maps, the actual My Maps function. Well, we when we did the route, we baked it into Google. On I thought it was on My Maps, but maybe I'm wrong. Like we plotted the course and saved it under my like user id is that yeah yeah so similar? you can connect different routes different layers though so google notoriously has a, a problem that i'm fighting them for which is they they have a 10 stop limit on their their maps you can only plot 10 points and if i'm doing yes. a whole trip i want a whole view now if you look at something like uh the washington backcountry discovery route for example you look at that on my maps and it shows you the entire route all at once and what they've done is they've created custom uh tables that show different sections and when you do what it what that works really well for with these giant road trips is you can stitch it all together and see your day-by-day layers and then show like an all-at-once view to mm. see the whole thing. Makes it really, okay. I won't say easy because it was easy when you could just use Google Maps and do the whole thing at once. Yeah. And we've talked about a, a tip called more10.com, which allows you to stitch together. You can still do it in the command line. You can hack your way through it. It doesn't work very well. 
But anyway, if you're doing these... For all of us that know how to get into the command line, I actually do know how to do that because <laughs> yeah, of him. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's handy for doing these big trips. But if you do my maps and you want to actually really record your trip, share it with a big group, I'm working on converting all of the dance drive stuff to this so you can see them all on a global map. Um, but yeah, for these big road trips, I've used it here and there. But I've been, yeah. I'm on the never-ending search to find the ultimate road tripping software. There's Please good. let me know if you find it. Man, the A to B stuff, they do a great yeah, job exactly. of stitching together multi-point stuff was impossible we were impressed though how much the route actually came up on our drive yeah like you could see it on the map it was labeled 66 and so oftentimes we found ourselves off the route by accident we're like oh let's get back over there so we just shoot off over it um but yeah i was just trying to plot a, a route just around here uh, highway 20 for the spring mm-hmm. but of course it's closed now because of snow won't let Both you do Bing it. Maps yeah. and Google Maps won't let you work yep. it right now. I'm like, I just want to find the and distance. All they have time. to do is add one tab that says, "When are you leaving?" Like in ways, and yeah, be like, right. "I'm leaving in June." Oh, then we'll show it to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Or yeah. see it without traffic. Yeah. you know, data or whatever else. It, it's crazy, but but no, most of the states, you know, on the route um, had signage that said, you know, historic 66. It was yeah. pretty clear about where you were, as I mentioned, some sure, states... most of those signs get stolen regularly. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> some states were a, were a lot more uh, clear, as I mentioned, with, uh, you know, painting on the road, uh, its surface itself, or signs. Some towns really celebrated it with flags and other things like that. Um, and then others, you kind of had to double-check yourself and make sure you were kind of on the route. Um, Was there an overall, like, um, consecutive, like information of, of why the route was there and, and why it was chosen like you know like not the, the side of the road signs and things like that or, or i mean is it built into the maps it says like this is why they did this and kind of the history of the, road. Oh, the story yeah, yeah sure yeah there's a lot you know we didn't do a ton of that reading i will admit um but have learned some since we did the trip and then some of the guidebooks we have in the maps definitely go into some of that detail and and a lot of it was just simply to help build a route out of the bitter cold midwest through the Dust Bowl to get people out to the coast. And at that time in the 20s and 30s, there was a big movement to get people west. And so they felt that this was a southern route was the best route. And a lot of the states, as I mentioned, basically had to kind of advocate to be a part of it. And so there was a huge push to kind of make that happen uh, state by state. Mm -hmm. And then each state had to basically kind of put in their amount. And then there were a number of realignments uh, through the years. So in the 60s, there was a realignment where some new roads were built. Um, there, there were portions of it. There's still a portion of it now that's unpaved. So there's sections that are unpaved. We found ourselves in Texas on this one part where we're like, oh, I guess we're on dirt now. <laughs> we're like, well, hey, it's Quattro. Let's go. Exactly. So Here we go. Yeah. Got good and dirty on that little section. But um, And it was just basically driving on a dirt farm road, but it was the route. So we're like, well, let's just do it and see. Um, and, and then they did a, a, another alignment, a realignment, you know, in the seventies. And then when the interstate system really got kicking, that's when that basically they, I forget the year that officially canceled. I want to say it was like early eighties where it was officially like, this is no longer an official route. Right. Now it's, you know, I-40 or I-50 or whatever yeah. the then replacement it, routes were. Now it's historic Route 66. And now it's historic Route 66, yeah. where, and they have a whole, you know, association around that where they do fundraising, and the different states try to do uh, different levels of engagement and keeping the thing alive. Pixar pumped a ton of interest back into it, which was really great for a lot of those local economies. 
uh, and brought a lot more attention back to the route. Um, but yeah, it was popularized, you know, in the twenties with a lot of songs and music. And then of course, literature as well. So there was a ton of references to it and it became sort of this thing that people just had to do or wanted to do. Uh, and it became a, a major, a major route for people to a move, but then also to just explore. How, I mean, and I know this is a, a big question. How was the pavement? I mean, I mean, obviously, they, a lot of places are going to repave things and try to keep it yeah. nice, but did you run into sections, minus the dirt roads, or the, where yeah. you're going, you know, no, fortunately shattering not. your there teeth? Were, there, were, <laughs> there were a couple sections that the, the quote-unquote old, old route was right next to us, and you could see it was all cracked up, and weeds are coming through the cracks right. and stuff. But then the pavement right next to it that we were on was silky smooth. Nice. Like, there was... No real problem. And then there's portions of it where you're actually on the interstate where the interstate kind of went right over where the original route was. And, of course, those are nice and smooth. Yes. It, the other thing you appreciate is how the rest of the country really has some good roads. Like <laughs> Illinois, I'd say. Not so much. Washington, everything else in between, pretty smooth and amazing. Like no huge Weird. big holes. No yeah. big you know, it was it was the potholes were non-existent uh, except in Washington and in Illinois, um, surprisingly. But it was uh, no, it was a good. It was nice and smooth. The, the only concerns I had going into it were tires, because uh, the tires unfortunately are hard to come by on this car. So I was worried we'd be in the middle of nowhere and need to get new tires, uh, and then a windshield crack. Um, and fortunately, neither of those became issues at all. That must be nice. Um, yeah, you're not driving with Dan, so your windshield's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Well, I did the, hear your tip about what to do if you get a cra- you know, chip and throw the little sticker on there until yep. you get to a place. Um, but, uh, no, it was great. And then we made the whole trip without any um, infractions from the law, uh, or at least getting uh, caught uh, infraction uh, but then two weeks, later, <laughs> yeah. two weeks later I got something in the mail oh. where I got a photo uh, of us in um, I want to say it was in God, where were we Ohio maybe on an overpass that the radar detector didn't pick it up and we got caught took a little picture of us so nice. yeah. we weren't that you know we, I think it was 70 and a 60 or something <laughs> no nobody would drive this so. car from Washington that's not us yeah that's right <laughs> how you can insane? you prove I yeah. was in there yeah. Yeah. but the great thing was you know I've, I've had one of those before here in Washington and it was quite expensive the one I got was like Forty-five dollars. Like, oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, like, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cash or checks, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, so, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I was doing that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and the weather was great. You know, we just had one sort of rain squall. We drove through, um, and then there were, once or twice it rained overnight, but not while we were driving. Um, so yeah, the weather was really great. Uh, what time of year was this? Did you September. Okay. Yeah. End of September. That's the perfect time. I was people yeah. ask me on road trips, and I always say after the kids go back to school, yes, it empties your national parks, yes. which are still full all the time because of COVID. But now, like that, as soon as the kids go back to school, that second week, what is that after Labor Day? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that week after Labor Day. That's when you get out there. Yeah, I we took my son to school, uh, just left for college down at Oregon State, so we dropped him off on like the twentieth, and then. Charlie and I left on the 21st, yeah. September. Nice. Um, and it was great. <laughs> well, uh, your wife's like, there's nobody home. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what exactly. happened. Yeah. yeah. In <laughs> retrospect, not the best timing. But, uh, 
but that was a great so, week. And then we buy. got back. I Thanks think. so much there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you leave me? I didn't. Oh, geez. Coming home. Yeah. 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 I'll be home uh, 10 days. Exactly. I'll be right back. Hydrate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was great. Those, the, the, you know, last week and a half of, of the month of September was perfect. You know, kind of shoulder season weather. Like you said, no kids out on the roads because of school. Everybody's in school. Um, so it was great. So now we're just thinking about where we're going to do this year and where what might we go. But Oh, man, I'll send you a route. It'll change to, your life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have. Know, it's, I call great. it the best road trip in the world, and it, it's, in my experience, the best thing I've ever done in my life. All right. I'll I've done take, it I'll three times. It. Well, I was telling okay. him about when you picked up the Land Cruiser and went from Florida and came up here. I mean, you do that a little fast, but. Yeah, yeah. that was still great, though. It was yeah. fun because it was. Yeah, I think just whenever I wanted to. But yeah, sure. I've got Yeah, to. we've talked about that corner to corner, you know, Key West and mm-hmm. just kind of do that. And But uh, Banff is on the mind. A couple Done other. That one three times. You know, yeah, it's a great drive. Yeah. A little difficult now because the the highway closures, but you can still yeah. get around it. No, and still it's see. easy. There's no trucks on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We're not talking about that. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Uh, let's take our next break. Uh, we'll be right back. I want to talk to you a little bit more about a few other things on your resume that we've talked about. We'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. Uh, one of the road tripping, everybody, if you didn't catch that already, go do that. If you need a hand, let me know. Check out uh, Dan's Drives. It's on our Rain City Supercars website. But uh, I've done and plotted many a trip for many people around the U.S. So let me know if you need a hand. But I want to talk to you about something else you did since you keep to be, seem to be doing everything all the time. Uh, how was your Bring a Trailer experience? I wanted yeah. your Audi. Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, so I have, uh, or had, I guess I should say, uh, a, an 85 uh, Audi Coupe GT. Uh, which many people think is the Quattro because it looks a lot like the Quattro, but it's not. It was Audi's sort of alternative, lower-priced front-wheel drive car oh, okay. at the time. I didn't know that. Uh, produced in the mid-'80s, uh, I think 83 to 88, if I remember correctly. Um, I bought it three and a half years ago from a guy out in upstate New York who, uh, as his daughter called it, it was the ice cream car. So it was okay. his wife's daily for a number of years, and then he just put it in the garage and would take his daughter to get ice cream in it every Sunday. Oh, that's adorable. So yeah. I uh, bought that and brought it out here and loved it. Uh, called myself sort of the curator of it, you know. Was planning to keep it probably longer, but COVID, I didn't drive it as much as I probably should have or could have. I had it down in storage at the shop club down in, in Soto, which is a great experience, um, but also costing me some money that if I wasn't driving it, it was hard yeah, to justify just it. There. And I've been a longtime voyeur of, of Bring a Trailer. Uh, you know, for we all have. Ten, yeah. ten some years or so ago, a friend of mine introduced it, me to it, and it's basically, as we all have experienced, just scrolling, 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 <laughs> and then getting to the point where I tag, you know, different Tabs. models or cars, yeah, and Bring see. a trailer, and you tab over to your bank account, and you go back to bring a trailer, <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just been fun to, you know, and then watching some of the auctions, 
you know, in real time as they close, because they have this policy basically if in the last minute as it's closing, if another offer comes in, they extend the time. So they keep extending the time essentially till the bidding stops, uh, which is kind of cool. And so I always thought to myself, if I were to sell that car, I would want to do it on an auction platform. And at the time, Ring Trailer was kind of the only one. Now there's a number of them out there on, online. Collecting Cars was another one I was considering but having watched BAT for so long and been sort of a follower of that for so long, I thought, oh, let's try that one instead. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, two weeks ago, uh, threw the car up there and uh, kind of wanted to see what happened. Uh, comments immediately started filling up there, you know, questions about the, why is the VIN number different and, you know, learning all sorts of interesting things about the VIN number that was stamped on the uh, engine in the engine bay had uh, three X's in it that on the tab in the windshield were digits and numbers um, because they, uh, at the time when they stamp at the factory, like, well, we know some of the digits, but those middle ones, that'll be when the car's finished. Yeah. And depended on what market it was going to. And so they then finish, the the X's then get replaced with with letters and numbers that represent what part of the world the car is being sold in. So it was a North American car, so it had a special code that went in there. So people were concerned about why are they different? And then, of course, some super Audi guy who knew everything chimed in, and then I had to go in and dissect the VIN and and went to a decoder and had to show all that, you know, make sure everybody was okay with it. Because I understand buying something sight unseen you know, I'd, I'd be a little nervous about it, too. They're pretty thorough. I mean, but, they, uh, they ask you to go through a pretty thorough process of yeah. documenting the car, correct? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they want to see everything. They wanted to see my title. They wanted to see the repair uh, uh, records, a uh, lot of pictures. Uh, obviously, the more pictures. I think the more pictures you do and the better quality of the pictures are, the better your bidding is going to be. Um, I shot the car because I was told that I would submit some pictures, but then I have a chance to do more. So I sort of shot the car and thought, well, this is good enough to show them, but what I want to put online, maybe I'll put more effort into it. And then when the time came, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll just put those on. Um, <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, yeah. Do. It works. Um, but yeah, they pretty thorough experience. They put you in touch with one person that bring a trailer who based on the form you fill out, will write your description and then you get to approve the description and then once you approve it and you've paid your, I think it was $80, $90, I think I had to pay, um, was my only expense to put it up there. The buyer then has to pay the fee. Um, they assign you a time of when it's going to go into the queue and when, it, when it'll come up. So they basically just corresponded with me back and forth with questions, got everything ready to go, and then told me, here's when it's going to go live, here's when it's going to end you know, kind of good luck. And uh, so, of course, people were asking for more stuff. So I took some more pictures, did some, it's funny, you were talking about shooting iPhone footage in a car. I did a couple of it over the shoulder with my iPhone, oh, yeah. you know, about halfway through the drive. It I think starts that's going to be okay. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, so it's not the best stuff, but got some of that up there. And, and uh, yeah, so bid, bidding uh, closed this last Friday. And uh, watching the, the final minutes there, kept climbing, climbing, climbing. And uh, somebody came swooping in, you know, and who hadn't been involved. And 
there was one guy who I was actually in touch with who was down in Oregon and was asking me a lot of questions offline about the car. And so he was kind of sitting back waiting and then he'd strike and then somebody else would strike and, and you can click on the users and see their profiles. Sounds you know, like the like, auctions in Forza. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I do that yeah. all the time. But yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sounds can, fun, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And you can click on the users and see what they've been on in the past, what they've won, what their comments, you know, how many comments they've made, all that kind of stuff. And so I was clicking on the different users that were bidding. And the one guy, you know, clearly had just signed up or something, had no comments, no bids, no, you know, something like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. Because um, bring a trailer basically is like, okay, we'll put you in touch with the buyer and we're out now. So, yeah. you know, deals fall apart all the time, I come to learn. Um, so I was sort of just fingers crossed that everything would go smoothly. Um, and then the winning guy sort of swooped in, got it right the last minute. The guy in Oregon didn't get it, but emailed me right away and said, if the deal falls through, please let me know. Uh, so I have a backup. That's um, nice. And then I found out the winning bidder is actually a guy in Munich, Germany. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, wow, okay, you really wanted this car. Um, and uh, he told me that he had one when he was a student and always loved them and wanted to have another one. Okay. And uh, looking at his profile, he has some other great cars or had bid on some other great cars. I'm like, okay, this guy seems like he wants it. So as soon as the money got wired, I'm like, okay, it's real. So I'm, yeah. I'm just, I was just down at the shop today packing the car up, getting it ready to go. I'm waiting to hear from his shipping company. And then I basically pass the car off to them and get some copies of some paperwork and send it to him. And it's all done. It's amazing how much easier that has become. Like yeah. the, the idea of doing that even five years ago was a tense nightmare for a lot of people. And yeah. now it's almost become commonplace to get cars from overseas. Does it, yeah. does it go in a shipping container and, and go that way? Or how does it? That's how he's going to do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And hmm. so the, I get, from what I understand, a local shipper is going to pick it up, take it to the shipyard, load it in whatever container yep. they load it in, and he'll see it in a month, two months. He, he doesn't really know. Yeah. Um, but we're, I have to sort of document everything for him. And, you know, of course, I'm throwing in a bunch of manuals and a bunch of other, you know, extra yeah. parts and all that kind of stuff. And he said, yeah, I have to document all that because if it disappears, I need to know. Washington State pine so, saw thing from the mirror. Something, it, you know, something. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah something like that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was, you know, all in all for me, I'd, I'd say, you know, nine out of ten star review on the process. It was pretty simple and smooth. and Sweet. Um, you know, I think once the car's out of my hands officially i'll feel better about it uh but the money's been transferred um bill of sales been signed yeah haven't signed over the title yet just waiting to, for the shippers you know waiting on that day before i sign that paperwork but um yeah so i hope he enjoys it it sounds like he's going to keep it he made an offer to me to if i'm ever over in germany i can come drive it That's which fun. would be kind of fun yeah. um and he'll be you know a lot closer to the factory so i think he can probably get some of those random parts a lot easier than I can. So Time to do some uh, European delivery on something, just saying. A Porsche, well, that's maybe, I, well, that's what I wanted to do with the RS6, yeah. uh, but they can't. Audi COVID, yeah. canceled that program. No, As Audi of, doesn't do factory delivery anymore. Oh, not at all. As yeah. of today, it's much better to go do European delivery on Porsche, considering we have a friend that who had they not done European delivery, the boat his car was going to be on was on fire. Yeah, oh, I read about that yeah. today. Yeah. So, yeah, European delivery. It still has to go on a boat to get over here. But yeah. yeah. Were you happy with the price you got? Yeah. So it sold for $9,100, uh -huh. um, 
when it was in the last minute and the numbers were climbing, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll get to 10. That was kind of <laughs> was exciting. Um, You'll probably and, double and that shipping it to Germany, but yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, ha- happy with that for sure. It was uh, more than I thought I would do. Um, my car, as I, I, as I like to call it, the car math for mm-hmm. me was how much I paid for it. Mm-hmm. If I get that back, I'm good. Yeah. My wife said, no, 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 you're not. How much did it cost to ship it over here? And then I, because I was nervous, I flew to see it, you know, before I got it. So I flew to New York. So she added at that car. into the car. So right. she's like, well, you got to add that in. really oh. costs. And then yeah. how much was it down at the shop all these all How these much years? was it? I don't want to tell you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the number got a lot bigger, yeah. you know. Um, but I still, with the $9,100 uh, hammer price, I more than broke even. I made, Sweet. you know, a few hundred bucks on it. And you had the um, enjoyment of owning it, and which it, counts. And the enjoyment yeah. of owning it, right. And it, you know, I think it's Magnus Walker who says it's all about the smiles for miles, right? It's yeah. Like, as long as you were happy with the experience, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I'm glad I didn't lose a bunch of money on it, and I did I did more than break even on it, so I'm happy with that. My car math, I doubled my money, but right. car math We've all lost money on cars. It's just who that you're related to at the time knows if you lost money. Yeah. <laughs> did you lose money? No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I was speaking so. out of Voss today that my, my 911 Turbo S is back up for sale, and it's at the McLaren dealer in Bellevue over here. The guy, mm. who, the guy who bought it for me, really great guy over in Yakima, bought he traded it in an, on a 720, which mm. I'm like, quite the upgrade. Great car. Um, but it's funny because I just, I've been honest with that car. I bought it for just a little, just over 105 when I picked it up in Delaware. And I drove it all the way home. Had an awesome time with it. Put just over 23,000 miles on it in a year. And I sold it it's good. for right around 90,000. So I spent $15,000 on the car in the year, plus a set of tires, brake caliper paint, and that's basically all it did to the car. The rest was under warranty. It was still a CPO car. Mm-hmm. And they have it listed for sale with 54,000 miles on it. I sold it with 47,000 miles on it. They have it listed for sale for $135,000 <laughs> McLaren Bellevue right now. I mean, which uh, I sold it pre-COVID craze. I sold it before the craze. So I yeah. didn't like, I mean, I was like, okay, that many miles I put on the car, that much fun I had with it. With your, like, like, That was a totally fine deal for me. Like, yeah. Super easy transaction guy, you know, met me yeah. at the bank. Here you go. Have a nice day. That's it. You know, super easy. But the prices they're getting for used cars right now oh, blow my mind because they're probably going to get it. It's not just exotics. We were talking no. about it. Like, oh, oh no. My, my old Crosstrek is selling for $7,000 more than it was new with twenty with 26,000 miles on it. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I saw, and oh, yeah. it's worth it. Well, I just <laughs> yeah, saw my Raptor is worth more than what I bought it yeah. for after yeah, tax. I, I just saw a headline that uh, used car sales are up 40% yeah. from last year. It's just I, I, th- I think it'll stay that way for about this year, and I th- and I think it'll start dropping off. Well, I I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. Like, I feel like the dealers are getting a taste of this now. So how are they ever going to go back? Like, because they're looking refu- at and they're like, "Well, this is some good money right here." People are going to refuse to buy. I, th- I think, think eventually so? at some point gonna, that's yeah. going to meet catch up with demand. Yeah. We had a good talk about that with the um, the Haggerty Garage and Social Chat and with the Vons. I've talked to a couple people about this. It's like. So you have cars priced at MSRP, and then you have the ADM, dealer markup. And so they're priced at a certain MSRP so that when people shop for them, they can cross-shop with other vehicles in that area. Then you find the one you want. Like, oh, I really want that new Bronco, and it's only $60,000 for the one I want. Well, And you're like, well, that's about the same price as a totally fully loaded you know, Jeep Wrangler or TRD Tacoma. They're all right around in that range. Not enough to like deter someone. That three to $4,000 difference isn't going to deter somebody from a car in that price range. Well, then you get in, you've already set your, set your heart on that Bronco, right? You're like, yeah, that's the one I want. It's totally within my price range. 
Well, now it's a twenty thousand dollar dealer market. Yeah. So that six thousand dollar Bronco is eighty thousand dollars, and nobody's cutting you a deal if you can even get it. And, and you got to convince like, the bank that you, you need extra money. And then you go to that Toyota dealer, and you're like, well, that's way out of my price range now. And they're like, yeah, but this one's only a $15,000 adjusted dealer markup. So they're yeah. taking in that money because they can get it. And yeah. for me, it, it priced me out of the cars that I really wanted to buy to the point where I'm like, there's, there's, a, a, there's a happy medium for me where I'm, I am that death before ADM person, as in like the car will die before I buy it. Like I will not pay ADM on a car, period. I don't care if it, right. I'll have to wait three or four years. Like it'll kill the joy for me to overpay for it. Yep. And so I don't know how sustainable it is. I know exactly what you're saying. That was the thing. Porsche is notorious for this. I, yeah. I gladly throw them under the bus as a former Porsche owner that you buy a new GT3. They're like, yeah, we'll let you allocate it to you. We'll let you get your order in. But if you want to take delivery, you owe us another $40,000, right. $50,000, yeah. $100,000 on an RS YSEC package car. Yeah. And it's like, at least Ferrari tells you they're going to bend you over before they do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. just, I was I do talking not like to another dealer yeah. last week and he was saying that they're getting so many calls from out of state mm-hmm. now too. And the number one question is how much over sticker is it? And they weren't marking stuff up that much. And so they're like, well, we kind of have to now because competition, like everybody is, yeah. you know, so. Or you corner the market and you, you, you only mark up half of what everybody else is doing and then get everybody to come there. But yeah, too. I mean, and, and I will say this preface this, you know, Carter, Motors is a sponsor, but I mean, they there was no there was no markup. Yeah, it was the price was what what Subaru said it was, and that's what they sold it to me for. And, and you know, yeah, you have yeah. much better so. luck on mass market cars. Yeah, and anything specialty though, you you'd be if you get a specialty car of any kind at like MSRP, count your blessings right now because yeah. that's all yeah. you're gonna get. If, like if you get a C7 or a C, excuse me a C8 Corvette at MSRP, you got the deal of the century right now. Yeah. Or a Wrangler. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Well, I was down at uh, I was down at Barrett Jackson this year. Oh, yeah. um, with my dad, um, I had a great time. I was first time there in person. I'd been there when I worked with uh, with Forza on a. We did a display down there when I was just there on the setup day, and I didn't stay for the auction itself was down there with my dad and had a great time. And it was amazing, though, to see the Broncos, the old ones, how much those were going for. But then they had like four or five new ones that had like 15 miles on them. And they were going for $100,000, $110,000. You're just like, oh, my Ford, God. Ford didn't put that, that stupid thing they did with the GT owners that said they couldn't, you couldn't sell it right no. now. No, but, they're going, but Ford's going after their dealership network pretty hard right yeah. now because of the markup situation. Um, they're really concerned well, they're about that. pricing people out of them. I mean, I, I mean, I was somebody that put in my, my it was only $100. You know, I was in there and, and, and he kept pushing the date back and pushing the date back and pushing the date back. And it's like. Now just, you don't get a delivery date and you pay more. <laughs> right. I, I would still be a year out. And I missed, like, I put my deposit down like seven days into when they went on, when they went, when you could go on the website and put and it. Order in, it. And yeah. I still would be a year out from here now. Yeah. So. yeah. That's just but, crazy. I mean, but there are some out there that, you know. I think that the reason the market is flooded by them right now is because a lot of people wanted the hard top and you can't get it, obviously. So they put a lot of them have been come back on the market. And there's some of them. There was there was one on a local Ford dealership that was selling. There wasn't much of a markup on it, but it didn't it wasn't really fully loaded. But, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Justin, thanks for coming back. We really appreciate well, it. Well, thank yeah. you for having me. It's always a joy to just chat cars with you guys. So oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you come here. up with next, and <laughs> I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. I wanna, I, I'm serious. I want to go do Route 66. 
I mean, no joke. I, okay. I want to do it. it. Like, I know I mean, a killer way to get there. Just seeing the map <laughs> made me just absolutely, I don't know why I've never been, had that passion, but I want to do it. You so, would love that. There's so yeah. much yeah, nostalgia I mean, not, and yeah. history there, yeah. and you love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. There's, there's I love that old crap. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure we could go see a, the world's giant, you know, like frying pan and all the other stuff, right? Ball of twine. A ball yeah. of twine, yeah. Do not do the world's uh, biggest ketchup bottle, though. I'll okay. tell you that that was not worth a stop. Okay. okay. I pulled over and we're like, really? This is lame. I do like ketchup. No. Well, there were a few things I mentioned just real quick. I did mention to you that are in some of the guidebooks, and you look at it, and you're like, oh, that looks cool. Let's stop there, and yeah. it's gone already. You know, yeah. so oh. just stuff is deteriorating. Stuff is leaving. It's, it's sad to see. Cadillac Ranch is probably going to be gone. Uh, or cat, what is it called? Is it Cadillac Ranch? Yeah. That'll probably be gone yeah. soon just because people will take. Well, well, no, there isn't much more to take. It's just yeah. you, you, they're just not identifiable as cars anymore. Cars, they yeah. just yeah. strip yeah. down like, frames and spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But no, I highly recommend the trip. Uh, had an absolutely great time. If you go to my Instagram, I threw up some photos of the guidebooks we used and the maps we used. We, we complemented old old school paper maps with uh, Google Maps, and it was a great combo. Um, had a great time. Highly recommend the, the trip. Um, Right. We will leave links to your Instagram, which people should check out. It's a really great feed, not just for road trip photos, but for all the other stuff you're doing, which if oh, any enthusiast that. would love. Uh, speaking of enthusiasts and things to do, we've got the 19th. We've got Avance Tech Session with Common Fibers, 10 to 1230. And, of course, the off-road event, which we will be at. That is from 10 to 3 for spectators. We will be there a little bit early, of course. Lots of stuff coming up next week. Avance Ladies Tech Session with Stu's Self-Service Garage. Always popular, always full. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. And then the 24th, 25th, 26th, and I think 27th as well is the uh, Portland International Auto Show. So check that out as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> auto shows don't do it for me anymore. I'll be honest with you. Like, it, it's, it was, you, I remember going as a kid and it was so much fun, but like, I don't know. It's just not, it doesn't have the. Well, look at the window of Haggerty Rice. Well, no, no, that's social. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, it's yeah. not like it used to be. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I feel like, yeah, yeah it's no, not. I, I mean, agree with you. I, I would, okay, I would go to, I'm, and I'm wondering, and it probably will be, I would go to that, the International Auto Show. I want to see the new Raptor Bronco. Oh, you want to see it too? And I bet, the, and that and the Everglades. I'm, I'm sure that's touring, so I'm, I'm, I would like to see that. Yeah, that so, should be really cool. So that I can plan for Gen 2 in 47 years or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like my 50th birthday present. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much 50th birthday. Yeah. 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 I'll take a 2023 f- Bronco Raptor for my 50th birthday in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Price will be good. So. Again, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Can't yeah. wait to thanks see you guys. again. Yeah. yeah. For this episode of Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>